Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike. People who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry. And if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tight? Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. On the Facebook, at in the 608. I'm Adam Elliott. And I'm Ben Anton. And you have tuned in to Real Estate in the 608. It's a podcast. And in each episode, we bring in a guest. And guess what? We talk real estate on Real Estate in the 608. And I am reminded every once in a while that we have been doing this for a time. This is season four. Season four. Episode yeah. seven. And mm-hmm. it has, in fact, been, we'll learn a little bit about our, our com- upcoming guest, but it turns out it was three years ago. That he was last here. A guest so nice, we brought him back twice. Our very <laughs> first, our very first repeat guest. He's like the Tom Hanks of Saturday Night Live, or like the he's got, he's in the <laughs> two timers club. Yeah, he's not quite a five timer club. But <laughs> you won't get his green jacket this time. <laughs> we bring in a guest to talk about real estate. We discuss the real estate headlines of the day. We'll also recap the highest and low price sales in Dane County, as well as Portage, Portage. for Jared and Chris. They're just okay. outside the county, but All I right. but I believe they still listen. We will today, as we often strive to do surround ourselves with people smarter than we are yeah we'll have good little bits of information like the top of the hour tip and uh, the market update to let you know what's going on in the market we're going to bring in someone quite a bit smarter than than both of us uh phil plord president of blimbling and associates a division of dairy.com he'll give us a look beyond the 608 and we're going to play a little music in between ben and i's chatter here and those artists that you hear are all artists from right here in the 608 once again my name adam elliott i'm a homeowner teacher uh user experience architect used to play around on the radio in madison too i am ben anton i'm a broker associate with the lauer realty group I am a landlord and a habitual homeowner. Yeah, that's not a bad thing to be. Our guest this week, did we run out of ideas that we're just going back to the list? There was a single thing he told me, and I was like, the people need to know. Okay, so something has changed, and we need to talk about it. It was just something so surprising to me Mm. that I said... The people need to know. Chris Mickelson is a veteran home inspector, a landlord, all-around handy guy who has been so helpful to me, and uh, and we'll learn a little bit about some of the other work he's done. Uh, we'll find out what he's been up to since his last appearance and dig deeper into the changes in the market and how they've been affecting the inspection process. All right. I'm curious to know what that thing is, but we won't reveal exactly what it is. That's why you have to keep listening. What's been going on since last time, Ben? <laughs> Going to the bar with the money from a jar Walking there because I'll have a problem with the car Gonna take a sip, gonna take a little trip Gonna purchase tea and whiskey, gonna leave a big tip Going to It has been a very busy time. Rhonda and I have been busy wrapping up the foreclosure on First Street. That was one of the properties we picked up late 2021. Yep. Uh, we have it uh, lease signed for August 1st. And the floors are being done by former guest Michael Bonebreak at Madison Hardwood Floors. We had Nick Sweat in there doing knob and tube removal. He was also on the podcast with us before. Chris has been helping all kinds of, do all kinds of things. Cabinets and kitchens and bathrooms and everything's coming together, but we've got to be done by the end of the month. Okay, so you're going to be able to wrap it up? Of course we are. And then I mentioned the habitual 
homeownership. I bought a house. I bought another house. Another house. All right. We're going <laughs> to add one more into dispatches from the front. There might be some dispatches in the front from Monona. Monona. Why don't you like give somebody else a chance to buy a house in this city, Ben? Sounds like you got a lot. This. Well, the thing is, is that sometimes houses aren't quite ready for prime time. Right. Yeah. And uh, and this was one of those houses. And uh, and it's, it's a darling little ranch. Mm-hmm. It's on a slab. It's going to be the first slab home that I've ever owned. Which means no basement. No it's basement. literally on a slab of concrete. Sizable Monona Ranch that I think when once once I'm done will uh, will tempt me. Uh it's it, it's it's darling. Tempt you as move is you gonna move the real estate six oh eight studios we to may, Monona? We may move the studios to Monona. Right. Um and then this last weekend I'm do you remember Dorotea? The of ki- course, the kitchen, the kitchen remodel, remodel episode. Yeah. So we're, we're plugging a lot of former episodes here. But <laughs> Dorotea joined us for the kitchen remodel episode. I have known them for quite some time since they since they bought their house and they mm-hmm. were my neighbors. And they asked me if I would marry them. Well, that's great. All three of you together got married. Not not marry them oh, in a th- in a thruple. <laughs> they knew that I had been uh, that I was qualified. You've got that, that I, power. I have that power. Oh, that's great. Um, and I and I married I married them on Saturday. The other half of them is Dorotea's Alex. Hus- husband Alex. Okay, husband right. Alex and Dorotea were wed at the Obrick Gardens at a beautiful ceremony. Oh, lovely! That Good I for officiated them. just this last Saturday. So, so it's the, the uh, a truly a full service real estate agent. Uh, <laughs> Not only will he sell or buy your house for you, he'll get you hitched in the process. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what you've been up to, though. Yeah. Though I know a little of it. You do well. I just happened to get a. Uh, a note from my real estate guy who's Ben Anton and told me that there's this place uh, on Wheeler Road that was going to go for sale. And it was straighten me out here. Was it a foreclosure? Was this, it this home was was owned outright by the by the occupant. Okay. Um and she struggled with some hoarding tendencies. Okay. Yeah. Um and 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 she a beautiful woman and she knew she knew um that her situation was not sustainable mm-hmm. and uh, she reached out to me first and then over the course of a month or two or three uh, established some tighter connections with some out-of-state family and uh, and I assisted her in doing some uh, some work that the city had uh, had required required okay uh, after I think that's a nice what the <clears throat> way that you're describing this right and yeah. then uh, and then and then then it was time to sell. So once the house had been emptied, it was time to sell. And that's when you saw it. OK, well, I'm glad you were able to help out where you could there. I'll give my perception of what I saw. I just came into a house that was completely trashed. I would say it was in rough shape. The basement was in rough shape. Water had gotten into the space. It was a lovely location right across from Cherokee Marsh where you go hiking. Um, just a beautiful. And I saw that as like a potential, like that's something that I could do. I could fix this house and make it beautiful again, even though it needed walls, roof, floors, windows, it, <laughs> and it, almost everything. It needed almost everything. But a house that, and I shared it on the in the 608 Facebook yep, page. Yeah. We always often talk about, you know, sometimes opportunity smells like cat pee. And it did. And and that's, well, there, and there wasn't in this house. It was a, do, it was a dog. It was dog. Um, no. it, but, was, uh, it was potent. <laughs> but yes. So And that's more of yeah. a metaphor. Sometimes opportunity is an odor. Sometimes opportunity mm. is something that is ugly. Sometimes opportunity is something that will frighten away other buyers. Mm-hmm. It was enough for me to say, I could actually, I think I could do this. And I gave it a shot, but what I was able to offer was not enough. 
So and there was, I was outbid essentially. You, in the were, you were outbid. Yeah. Um, and and Chris, our guest, mm-hmm. was another uh, person that threw their hat in the ring, and they too uh, were outbid. I was very surprised at the level of interest. Um, priced at one thirty-five. Super cheap for the north side of Madison. Probably an after repair value of nearly three hundred and something. Yeah, that's what I was seeing too. Right, but uh, but a significant amount of work required. Um, Forty-five showings. Wow! Over the course of five days, and uh, sixteen offers. Wow! All and right. I can't I can't say exactly what the accepted offer was, other than you know it was higher than your bid. It was higher than mine, which yeah. was over asking. Yeah. Um, but it went for significantly over asking. Oh, it did. All right. So I wasn't um, even. <laughs> no, that was. I just know I was outbid. <laughs> so we'll talk a little bit more about that with Chris because he was one of the people that helped uh, the seller and I remedy some of those open city work orders. And oh, he sure. and, and it was during that time that he had his own opportunity to assess the home and, and decide what kind of a project it might be for him. Okay, I'm curious to know what his thoughts are. Uh, that's what's been going on since last time. What about what's been going on from the headlines? There's no way. The Madison Plaza Hotel, mm-hmm. formerly the Howard Johnson, and be, be, this is on East Washington. East Washed by East Town, kind by uh, Aldi. Like Aldi, yeah, yeah. Right. But before that, it was the Smorgasbord. Yeah, like you right could there. go eat there. So we're gonna, and that's going to be one of our quiz questions. So okay. we, we will not name the Smorgasbord, uh, but we'll get a new life as an affordable apartment building. Oh yeah. The hotel was sold to developers who pledged to renovate the property and create between 155 and 190 affordable studio and one bedroom units. That hotel had a bar in it, little kind of like hotel bar, and yeah. I used to sling drinks at it. Oh, really? For, for a very short time, for like a summer. Was that during the that. Howard Johnson time? or what? Uh, No, it was before Howard Johnson even. You when can't it was remember a, the name? I don't know. It was like a Ramada or something like that. It went through like so many iterations. The Ramada. Yeah. That's like where the Blues Brothers went. Right? That's exactly the, right. The... All right. So my former employer is turning into apartment. Good. like All to right. hear that. We need them in Madison. And this was one that I thought might be interesting to you because we were both worked across the street. The former... Pizzeria Uno and Grill on the west side, Mineral Point Road, yeah. uh, was was there for 26 years in a in a historic farmhouse, but closed in 2016. Unique building, yeah. right? It, real curious, the different levels and mm-hmm. stone exterior. The 132 year old building is being preserved as part of a 64 unit workplace housing development along Mineral Point Road. The house will soon be moved to a new foundation on the same property, but closer to the road and will be used as a community room, kitchen, and fitness center. Oh, that's like a great recycling story yeah, right good, there. Ad- I like it. Adaptive, adaptive reuse. Oh, you think they'll still serve pizza? I don't know. Maybe there's a kitchen. Maybe somebody's <laughs> got some old recipes laying around. <laughs> That's what's been going on from the headlines. Uh, what about the lows and the highs? The lows and the highs. First, we'll start with Portage for Jared and Chris. The low, 90600 and the high of 439 nine. All right. Lowest price in Dane County, 3241 Bailey Road in Sun Prairie. Uh-huh. I know it. Yeah. I think this might be near. Is this near the chicken wing place? Isn't Bailey like rural, though? Isn't Bailey cut over? 
3241 Bailey Road, yes, is a bit rural. It's a half acre. Yeah. This 1945 three-bedroom, one-bath was just over 1,400 square foot on a half-acre lot. Three-car garage, sold as is, 15 pictures, all of the outside. Oh, so, that's indicator right there. Signal. We, we've talked about the we've talked about like the code <laughs> for like yeah, it's a fixer. Like I literally put pictures of Wheeler Road online, and I was like, "This is exactly what you're getting," and it's messy, it's yeah. dirty. Um, but this one, no pictures of the inside. But here's a little clue: sellers prefer no children at the showings for safety reasons. Oh, <laughs> Something that's like spikes and weapons laying on the ground or something. And then something to think about just because we don't talk a lot about rural properties, but private well and septic. Uh-huh. Yeah. So your property taxes might be lower, but you've got some responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Sells for $122,000 cash in two days. All right. So $22,000 over ask. And that's the lowest. The highest, last year, highest was 2.3. We said that. I've said that before. Mm-hmm. But here we go. Three million in Maple Bluff. We just keep topping that number over and over again. It right? lists at three point three million, but sells in six days for just over three million. Even Ca- the cash discount. So it's kind. Of, it, it was a curious looking home, like the Brady Bunch roof. You know, like mm-hmm. the, it had a couple of those, like some opposing Brady Bunch roofs yep. built built in the seventies um, on nearly an acre. So there's there's a, a bit there's there's some of your money right there a hundred a hundred feet of frontage in Maple Bluff on yeah. an acre, um, and a and a very while the home was very contemporary, it had a courtyard with a pool, a courtyard. I'll be in the courtyard. Yes, <laughs> I'll take my leisure in the courtyard. Thank you. The courtyard was likely created by the garage. And, and like a wing of the house. So it wasn't like a, oh, okay. it wasn't like it was full of porticos and like walking out. You know, in Europe, the, there's often like that that space and the, yeah. all the doors of the house open onto the. Yeah. Younger, it wasn't younger. quite like that. OK. It wasn't super sexy. But it was still like a space. But, but there was a space surrounded, surrounded yeah. on almost all four sides by mm-hmm. the house with a with a nice in-ground pool. That's where you put your lovely ivory fountain i think those are the lows and the highs in dane county and portage for jared and chris thanks for listening (laughs) uh our guest coming in chris mickelson is a home inspector and a guy that also just like me did not have a bid that was high enough to get this house so we will talk with him a little bit we're going to talk both about the inspect about his inspecting but we'll talk a little bit about Wheeler Road as well and then find out that thing that surprised me, which I, I wonder if anyone else is going to be surprised. We'll find out if you're surprised. All right. Because I can see your facial expressions. I am curious. And to then know. I will tell the listener see, Adam, Adam has a look of surprise. <laughs> Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. In the studio with us today, a special guest from my very own household, Lola Anton. Hi. Lola had an experience that 
I don't often get to have myself. And that is why she is here for today's top of the hour tip. Lola's mother was interested in seeing a house and she called the agent on the sign, uh, which is sometimes people's first instinct. Lola, tell us a little bit about your time on major. Tell me about the agent and his knowledge of the home. He didn't know anything. Nothing about the age of the mechanicals or the construction or, or updates that the home had seen. He didn't know anything off of the top of his head, which was kept, which he kept repeating every time we asked a question. He didn't have anything printed out, and we weren't able to look up anything about the house. Aside from getting you in the door, like unlocking it, what, what kind of value do you feel he added to the experience? Not a lot. He didn't really give us a tour of the house or really interact with us much. He was um, doing his own thing in the kitchen for the majority of the time. Probably learned more about the house just on the online listing. I think the tip is establish a relationship with an agent that you trust. Get in there with somebody who knows about houses, who knows what you want, and can help you imagine whether or not that space is going to fill those needs. In with today's top of the hour tip, that was... Daughter number two, only by age, not by preference, Lola Anton. Thank you, Lola. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam. Ben Anton is right here with us. It's time for dispatches from the front, which are kind of the continuing stories of several homes that you bought, repairs that have been happening, and you're kind of giving us like an update on one of the things that's been happening with one of those places each month. This month, one of the dispatches from the front had to do with trees. Okay. And uh, we saw it was three, four weeks ago now. We had that significant storm come through. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I lost several trees behind Main Street, but then also had two removed on, uh, on 2nd Street as well. It was when you're trimming your trees, and, and I'm even going to bring this up a little bit with, with Chris uh, during the inspection process because it's, it's recent and top of mind. But, but when purchasing that home, when looking at a home, look for the weaknesses not only in the house but also in those trees. Oh, good And note. then when you're mm-hmm. having the trees trimmed, Some trying cases. to be both responsible with your trees but also proactive, but then also having the ability to understand when a tree is just junk. Oh, yeah. Like, Okay. So we saw we said goodbye to a couple of them, uh, but uh, I think that we will be better off going forward. Dispatches from the front. You got to know your trees, too. Uh, we'll learn maybe a little bit more with Chris Mickelson, who's our guest coming in. We'll have him here in just a moment. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. His name is Ben Anton. My name is Adam Elliott. It's time to bring our guest in, Chris Mickelson. Hello, Chris. How are you today, sir? I am good, Ben. It's good to talk to you, Adam. Yeah, good to see you again. Chris Mickelson comes to us fresh off a trip to Costa Rica and about with COVID. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> doing all right? That wasn't part of the deal, but yeah, I ended up coming home with it. Oh. Three years after his first appearance, he enjoys involvement in Stoughton's annual September Mai Festival and associated theatrical productions, was integral in Johnny San Francisco's second Monona Rental Rehab Project success. He's a handy fellow, a home inspector, and an antique car enthusiast, but is he fun? I'll answer that question, but everyone from Stoughton is going to call us. Because did we, I say that wrong? You gotta say set. In, you gotta say set in demise. <laughs> yes, but, you will get some hate mail. Yeah, we're gonna. Our Stoughton um, contingency will get on us. <laughs> we're already having to cater to 
to Portage. Now we're going to have to have a special <laughs> shout out. Shout out to the Norwegians down in down in Stoughton. All right. Well, guess what? I said it wrong. I'll own it. <laughs> Your important question, though, is he fun? And I'll tell you, there's only one way that we can find out, and that's we got to ask him some questions and play ourselves a game. We play a get-to-know-you game, a quiz game, a Madison history and environs trivia game, maybe some automobile history in this 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 week, oh, okay. this month. But uh, that's how we do it. And if we find out you are fun, uh, we will ring the bell when you tell us the way it used to be. There used to be. There used to be, there used to be, used to be nothing but smiling faces far as the eye could see. Car in every driveway, swinging every tree. People can't stop talking about the way things used to be. Are well, you... If I remember right, I think I got two questions right the last time, and one of those was about Norwegian history. So we'll see how random these get. <laughs> All right, you keep in score. All right. All right. Well, you you have certainly maybe heard or told. A Lena and Oli joke. <laughs> went right, went right to it. Right in your to day, it. yeah. Have, you ever tell any of those jokes, Chris? Um, I might know a couple. All right. <laughs> I had dinner last night with our Instagram consultant mm-hmm. at Cafe Bellitalia on Sherman. Okay. Until 2006, that was a little was called the Northside Inn. Whose North Side <laughs> Inn was that? Uh, was it Oli's North Side Inn? Did Oli have a partner? <laughs> uh, he had a couple partners. Um, Sven's. <laughs> <laughs> I love it that we have a list here. <laughs> yeah. I'll ring the bell. Yeah. It was Rick. Oh, Rick. that's not Norwegian. <laughs> Rick and Oli's Northside Inn on Sherman Avenue closed in 2006, replaced by Cafe Bellitalia. Earlier, we discussed a hotel uh, on East Washington that is going to be turned into apartments, uh, and it replaced a smorgasbord. Name that smorgasbord. Oh, that was the Heritage House. Yeah, that's right. Right on. Nice. Two bells. In what year did the Ford Motor Company produce the first Ford Ranger? Let's say 1972. Incorrect. Off by a decade. You are confusing yourself, sir, with the Mazda B-Series Courier. That's right. That has nothing to do with Madison, by the way. What year, what year, uh, Chris, is your new-to-you Ford Ranger? Mine is in 1985. Oh, wow. Second year of production. Off the line. Okay. First one produced in 1983. That's, that sounds about right. Oh, you must take good care of it if it's in 85 and still running. Oh, it's cute. It looks like a grandpa truck. Some, oh. Somebody took care of it. Somebody took it. It also mind. looks like you could park it in the back of my truck. It's <laughs> <laughs> as cute as a button. But he's so healthy, he keeps his little tools in there. It's perfect for him. Like, oh, grandpa. Right. Got a little grandpa cap on it. <laughs> it's a good truck. It's a good truck to take to the brush dump. All right. <laughs> so go. again, second appearance, second time, two for three. Two for three. I think I'm that's gonna say good. I'm gonna say you're fun enough, Chris. We're gonna take a break for the market update and then we'll be back with more with Chris Mickelson. <laughs> month for the market update i'm 
turning to a resource uh, in, in print, something that Liz Lauer shared with many of her clients and I felt addressed our current market very well and I thought it was worth sharing and uh, with her permission, I am sharing it now. The Madison real estate market is still moving at a quick pace and homes are selling on average in 14 days. In a balanced market, this would be closer to 90. Most of the real estate updates you see in the media are just buzz because the local markets have their own unique factors. In Madison, we are currently still in a seller's market and interest rates increasing did not slow down buyers wanting to get into homes during the second quarter. The data shows that we are starting to gain more inventory, but we are still near historic lows for homes available. The inventory shortage will be the key to seeing if Madison housing market will be affected by inflation and the overall economy. Without supply, the prices in Madison will hold or may slightly increase, despite larger cities markets seeing downward market shifts more abruptly. Madison has seen this advantage in the past and it helps understand helps us understand our future. The economy inflation will influence the overall spending power of individuals and buyers are already adjusting their budgets to afford the homes in the area. But the strength of our market remains as the capital city with strong government jobs, UW Madison Healthcare, and a huge growth in biotech jobs, bringing people in from around the country. We can feel that summer is in full swing and some buyers are able to be more selective right now looking for longer-term homes to satisfy their housing needs. Traditionally, this slight slowdown is more typical for the third quarter, but during the pandemic, the market has taken a few breaks. It will be interesting to see what the third quarter brings us. Until then, I hope you're enjoying the long summer days and local entertainment in and around Madison. Thank you, and thank you, Liz. listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Our on-the-phone guest this time, Chris Mickelson, Madison's Best Home Inspection, the home inspector extraordinaire. Chris, thanks again for being here, and congratulations on proving yourself fun for a second time in a row. Yeah, Thank for, you. first, second time, that's, that's, yeah. that's special. It's because I appreciate you, Chris. And I'm honored. The, the badge and the plaque will be coming in the mail soon. Do you want to talk about the Wheeler House a little bit? Sure, the, the the wound is still a little fresh, but yeah, I'm ready to talk about it. Yeah, and Chris wasn't here, but I also said, Chris, th- I was interested in this place too, and I put an offer in, and it did not work because nope. I came in too low, I guess. Uh, uh, somebody had a uh, bigger budget and bigger ambitions than we did, apparently. And I think, you know, what's interesting is you had your ambitions uh, were slightly bigger than Adam's. And and for those of you at home who are like, well, how, do, how does that work when Ben's going to help two people? Really, it's all about doing your best. You know, like I tell buyers all the time to to get right a number that if you get it, you'll be joyful. But if you paid even a dollar more than that, you'd be angry. <laughs> right. Like that. That's the tipping point. And now I can I can I can give advice as to what I think it's going to be worth after. And I gave you both the same exact comparable sales mm-hmm. and we had all yeah. kinds of talks. And then Chris might think he can do the work for this much. You might think you can do it for that much. And each of your economies are going to be different in the sure. in the how long am I going to hold it? How long is it going to take? It would have taken you longer, Adam, because Probably. You yeah. because you have a full time regular job. Whereas Chris might have been able to knock that shit out in six months. Um, and have it on time for the for the January market. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of differences. So I give the same advice, what I believe to be the truth and the right advice. But that that final number, that how hard do you want to try? That's not me. 
Mm-hmm. That's 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 the two of you. Now, I think one of the reasons that Chris was um, Chris was more ambitious than you was that he had already. This was the first time, Adam, that you'd kind of gotten as far as getting all the ducks in a row. Mm-hmm. Right. Literally checking that line of credit. Financing was there. Right. Getting everything in a row. Chris had done that a few months ago for a property that we had. I'd showed him on Jackson Street, an off-market property. And, uh, and he had the opportunity kind of, and maybe was already feeling a little bit of the loss, like the damn, it didn't dry hard enough. Ah. So the second time, obviously, so that's a motivation. Scared, there's right? a little bit more motivation. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting, and I don't know if I shared this with you, Chris, is that uh, offers were due at three. And at 2.30, Chris was, Chris was in the lead. Oh, and that's when and the it, bidding started? An interesting, <laughs> an interesting scenario. Now, there was... Escalation clauses can get run out of hand. Can get run out of hand. You know, like you just all of a sudden, and then you're like, "Bam! How'd that happen?" And that's kind of what happened here in the end. Um, but someone had an escalation clause, but a very small margin. Like, mm-hmm. and the margin is that increment. It's the I will pay X amount more than another guy. Oh, you can do that. Huh? You can do that. Like, okay. I will pay X amount more than someone else, up to a certain maximum. Okay. And the only way you can you can get that extra increment from them is to prove to the buyer that, well, here's, here's the competing offer that justified the acceleration. And that, that gets a little tricky because I can't share a competing offer, but the seller, but the seller can. When you use an escalation clause, you are relying on the seller and their ability to, to kind of back channel you and say to the, to the buyer that won, here's the offer that justified your acceleration clause. I hate everyone, I like you. So Chris, I kind of gave a quick explanation of what of how I describe this house and I'm obviously not an inspector. <laughs> I kind of took like my angle and my angle was like it was kind of a mess and it needed almost almost everything. What was your thought on this place? It seemed like a good solid well-built house that just needed a ton of bleach and a ton of paint and primer yeah um and and some updating um but what i saw it seemed like it had good bones to to use that term yeah i think that was my summation too good bones the rest of it a little ugly 1100 square feet which is just like a little bit bigger than most of those ranches. Like there's a lot of 900 square foot ranches on the north side. Mm-hmm. And this one was just a little bit bigger. And it didn't have an extra room or an addition. It was just that every room was a little bit bigger. Like the mm-hmm. scale of it was nice and it, it would have finished out nice. Like the kitchen was big enough for the for an eat-in table. Yeah. Yeah. And there was and this the living room was decent size. Yeah, it needed all new windows. It needed a roof. It needed siding. It needed uh, all new flooring or at least refinished flooring and yeah. some repair if you couldn't get the staining out. But, um, and the basement was a, a wet, stinky mess. I think in the end, like I said, we, there was an after an ARV after repair value. 340 was my, was my, if it's really yeah. nice. Yeah. 
We'll see. Like we can check back on that one. My difficulty with that with that house is I would have really wanted to have kept the uh, bubblegum pink uh, bathroom <laughs> fixtures, and I know that would have been very controversial, and then you would not have liked it. But that would have been a hard push for me. <laughs> that was that was the first thing I wanted to smash with a hammer. Get rid of those things. <laughs> I've got a pink bathroom over at 1930 East Main Street that's going to stay pink forever. So, I mean, this was a curious scenario, like a house in Madison on the north side in a what I would say is a pretty nice location, Wheeler Road right across from Cherokee Marsh. That was one of the things that I liked about it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, big opportunity for a fixer-upper and uh, be able, able to make this like a nice and livable place for someone because it was in rough shape. How often do you see stuff like that, Chris, that you come across? Um, n- never as bad as that one. Um, there are some that I scratch my head and wonder why people would want to move into a particular house, um, but they're never that state. Not a single one of the 16 offers had an inspection. So that so if Chris is going to see that, he might see it as a buyer, but he's never going to see it as an inspector. All of those 16 offers were, were cash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They ranged... From significantly below the asking price to to $100,000 more. Like there was a $100,000 spread between the lowest offer and the highest. So, I mean, this is a good question for you, Chris, as a home inspector. Are you seeing less work because of scenarios like these? Or are you just as busy? Definitely has been cut, especially from four months ago, six months ago. Um, It seems like the uh the inspection is being withheld because it seems to be um a deterrent and i would so correct me if i'm wrong because but but you were not very busy in the hectic spring market right but now that the market has softened just a little bit you're starting to get the phones ringing a little bit more Right. Since Memorial Day, things kind of hit a little switch. It's still not nearly as crazy as a year ago, um, but things seem to have eased up a little bit. Mm-hmm, I think yeah. people are in a little bit less of a panic. Um, there's a, maybe a little bit less competition, so people are able to get inspections put in. Mm-hmm. Are, why do you think people think that's a deterrent? And what, and what would you uh, say to those folks? Well, it, I'm sure it sweetens the, the offer to the seller. If you have two uh, two offers that are the same and ones without an inspection, there's probably less likely going to be some um, some downfall, some backlash from the inspection. So I assume the the offer without the inspection would be the one to go. There's a couple different ways around that situation. The easiest way is to, if you really want an inspection, you can offer assurances to the seller that you're not going to be nitpicky or that you're not gonna nickel and dime. And then, and, and what we've been doing is offering a, what I call a cushion, an inspection cushion, where I would like to get the house inspected, but if I don't find anything that, that would cost me more than $5,000 or $10,000 or 15, depending on the value of the home and the conditions, if I don't find anything that's gonna cost me more than 15 grand, I'm gonna buy the house as it is. And now the other thing is, is I had the opportunity to sell a house on Fair Oaks Avenue to a beautiful young couple um, 
but to win, that's why I had a conversation with the list agent and I said, well, what's it going to need to look like? You know what? Uh, you know, I want to, I want to be able to write a decent offer. And I, I, it was easy to see that the, 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 that an inspection was not necessarily going to be an app, an option. So I went back to Connor and Emily and I said, we, I know, I know there's some electrical issues in this house, Emily, your dad, the retired electrician, I'd like for him to come. I know he's not in town, but how long does it take him to get here? Because it's, it's not like the end of the world. There's some knob and tube. It can come out, but I need you to hear that from your dad. Okay. And then Chris made himself available for like an hour while we looked at it and did like some quick and dirty, like you don't get a report. But I'm going to look at as but much stuff get... as I can in an hour and let you know mm-hmm. what I think. Mm. So between the father's assessment of the electrical system and Chris's quick and dirty inspection in an hour, they were comfortable moving forward without a formal inspection. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. Ben Anton is my pal right across the table, and we are talking to Chris Mickelson with Madison's Best Home Inspection. Chris, let's do a quick 101. What are some of those things that you could do for, to do a quick assessment? I guess, what is it that you look for when you do your home inspection? I tend to look mostly for the big ticket items. Um, a lot of buyers are really just concerned about the bigger items, the roof, the foundation, windows, uh, basic electrical stuff, plumbing stuff. If, if there's an option, I'll poke my head up into the attic and look at insulation type and, and depth. Um, usually the big ticket items, the, the smaller cosmetic things usually are not part of inspection. For instance, in the this Wheeler Road location that we we're talking about, um, there was water in the basement. How do you know if like a drain is going to work? A lot of times you got to just kind of guess where the water came from. I know in that house there were a lot of signs around the the basement windows. Those like those had flooded before, but yeah, something like the the plumbing you really can't predict unless you're living there and and running the running the shower and flushing the toilet several times and things sure. <laughs> things happen. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And just as a little aside. When a home sits vacant for a long time, things happen. Thing, things happen, and one of the things that happens is is tree roots in the lateral, and then and you don't find that out until right when the people move in. <laughs> so the quick the quick and dirty inspection just an option is, and it's nothing mm-hmm. it's nothing yeah. that anybody should be super comfortable with because it is quick and dirty. Right, but it's better than nothing. It's a little shady to call it even an inspection because it's more or less just kind of a walk through mm-hmm. you know i'm not really supposed to be testing stuff i'm not supposed to be going up into the attic or the roof i'm just there kind of as a an assistant or just another set of eyes it's not quite an inspection mm-hmm. but trained eyes too though. yeah yeah it's better than nothing <laughs> yeah that's true uh tell us did did either of you see the uh i, I don't talk about strong towns a lot but Strong Towns is a think tank and a, a, a little bit of a mm-hmm. lobbyist or a, a blogger uh, about city planning. And and I'd talked to uh, Johnny San Francisco, our mm-hmm. guest, former guest, had yeah. been on their podcast, which probably has a lot more than a lot more listeners than we do. Um, 
That, but can't, that can't be true. I had both. I, I don't. I don't believe that either. <laughs> I had both shared one of Johnny's blogs about his second house on Shore Acres. I did see that. Yeah. Um, but then they did too, to a national audience. Oh. Um, but an interesting read. If you haven't had a chance to learn about Johnny San Francisco, you can listen to his episode where we call him the Medium Time Investor. Um, but also pontificates a bit and was featured in the Strong Towns Facebook page. They shared his recent uh, post about uh, the second home on Shore Acres. I got to I got to get into it with somebody who 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 felt that he was uh, you know just throwing around the stereotypes of like the gentrifying and the scooping the house out of the hands of a first time buyer and all oh. that garbage. And I'm like, it sat for a month. Well, as I recall, the the gist of the article was that it's okay to do just like nice improvements. You don't have to trick out a house. You can make standardized improvements that will make a better place that will actually end up helping that house, right? Chris was one of the was one of the helping hands there. Oh, okay. A lot of that. Yeah, yeah. What what uh So if you want to see some of Chris's handiwork, you could you could visit that blog post either that I shared directly from Johnny San Francisco or via the Strong Towns Facebook page and see the interior photos and some of the work that Chris did there because he's handy. Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on that space? Because uh, I think the idea was like you don't need to install marble and high end things to make a house nice and livable, right? That's true, and. I wouldn't really call that house even now a high-end house. Johnny did put some nice high-end things in it, but he didn't really, he didn't make it uh, an odd house for that neighborhood. No, I mean, it's going to be nicer than most, but that's just because it's it's new. Ball brand, like yeah. it, it was mm-hmm. just done. He did any kind of that, that simple, modest fixes to make something more uh, attractive to a family. That's what that's what you're going to get. So here's the one thing: the one when Chris told me this, I I said, really, I would have never thought we need to tell the people. And do you remember what that thing was, Chris? Because it was like a year ago. That not all agents attend the inspections. And I, I think just thought that was common knowledge. I didn't know that was a surprise to anybody. Yeah. I would assume that the, that they would be involved in that process. See? So would I. But exactly. This is not true. <laughs> I think it would be important to know that my agent attends all of the inspections. Not just for me, like if I ask, I want an agent that has been on hundreds of inspections as I have that accumulated knowledge that's that's what i'm paying for how often do you have the agent versus not it might be 50 to 75 percent of the time they're not there there are a few agents that i've worked with for a few years that i've never met personally maybe a question you should bring up at your at your meeting if you're ever going to sit with an agent and decide who you want to help I mean, being on my side of the table here, I guess that's concerning because what I'm paying for is your expertise in things and helping me. Not It's not just filing paperwork so I can buy the house, but also a little bit of guidance. And yeah. if the time is not taken there, that makes me a little concerned. So that's... It shows, shows that there's a little bit of care involved, too, that the, the agent 
cares about the house you're buying. Um, and sometimes it's just a matter of helping me talk the buyer off of a ledge. If some issue comes up, yeah, it, it's, it's helpful that I have the agent there to also explain that, you know, this might be an easy fix. This might not be that big of an issue. Um, just so the agent isn't blindsided when they get the report. Oh yeah. Think of an example there, Chris. Like what, what is one of the things that somebody has, uh, been like, Oh my gosh, this thing is, I'm never going to get this house. And you'd have to be like, we'll just wait. Um, this is fixable. Vermiculite. Usually when vermiculite comes up, some people freak out about it, even though it can be removed. I think there are still grants out there that help pay for the, it to get removed um, if it's just in the attic it's not really that much of a health hazard uh, as far as i'm concerned um, but some people just freak out about it um, and sometimes if there's some knob and tube you know if it's visible yeah, in sure. the basement um, that can really freak people out so just having somebody else there to to guide the buyer down maybe a path of more um, uh, a reasonable common sense thinking forward Calling from the bed. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam, his name is Ben, and on the line we've got Chris Mickelson uh, with Madison's Best Home Inspection. Uh, Chris, we talked a little bit about trees, and especially at times when we have storms come through Wisconsin, trees come down. I always think like it's time to call tree lawyer to mm-hmm. determine what happens and who ha- who's responsible for those things, but trees are something you think about too a lot too, right? Uh, especially I have firsthand experience with a very large tree that came down from my neighbor's yard across my driveway oh, no. to my other neighbor's yard. Almost oh, landed on the ranger. Well, it almost landed on the ranger and it would have landed on the camper, but we were gone. It would have landed on a lot of things. But oh my somehow gosh. something was smiling down and it worked some magic and did minimal damage. But oh. Did you say it crossed from one neighbor across your property to another neighbor? Yes. Oh, <laughs> it was big. And I'm not, it was a big tree. Oh man. So, uh, so so would you had you inspected that home next door? Would you have considered that tree to? Would you? Okay, first of all, Chris is not an arborist and he's not a tree mm-hmm. guy, and it is not necessarily in the scope of an inspection to talk about trees. All right. Um. He's going to tell you that that one shouldn't rub on the roof or that mm-hmm. one shouldn't be so close to the foundation wall. But if it's out in the yard, it's not really the inspector's job to do this. It is something, though, that you should do during the inspection mm-hmm. process because it is one of those times that you might say, um, and Chris is, is great with this, because if ever you think you need something else done, he can usually put in his report that you need, say, like, like, tree and rear mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. it is not the job of the inspector but it is something that should be done at the inspection and one can lean on their inspector to make sure that concerns regarding those things that are not in the inspector's wheels house uh at least uh are uh, are addressed 
shortly thereafter by an appropriate professional. And, you, and sometimes you don't need to be an arborist to see that that large branch that's hollow, that's dead, that's hanging over your house, yeah, that might, might need to come down. So oh, that raccoon's poking his head out. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Something, something doesn't quite look right there. Yeah, it doesn't take a degree in forestry to know that no. that might be a problem. Although right. I did just have a really good debate with somebody about tree law. If it's on your property yet it's hanging over their property, do you need to determine, like, is the property only on the ground or how high <laughs> does it go up till you decide and how far can they trim a tree back before <laughs> that's your tree before? It's tricky. I actually oh, can, man. Um, I sold... <laughs> There's the there's a fellow at the that was at the city. The head of the building inspection department was named George Hank, and I was fortunate enough to sell both of his daughters a house, and and one of them lived in one of my apartments for a time. So he walks his dog, and I got chummy with him. But but I talked about like the like from the city's perspective, <laughs> where like and they are very reluctant to like say definitively like right. this is the rule. Yeah. Like, and there, you know, like there's a certain amount of like, yeah, well, if your, if your neighbor's branch hangs over into your yard, you can cut it. But if you're cutting, it does damage to the tree. Well, then that's on you and they can, it's like, they're so it's all back and forth. And the same thing as it relates to like the lot line dispute, like the fencing disputes. I thought about having him on, but like, it's, it was like a runaround. Like it, like, cause he's, that's like the. The pol- the political side of the city offices. You want to get the runaround if you're gonna <laughs> start talking fence law and tree law. <laughs> Both of which are not as exactly straightforward as one might imagine. <laughs> Let's take a break for Phil's phone in, and then we'll come back and, and wrap it up with Chris Mickelson from Madison's Best Home Inspections. Time for Phil's phone-in. Phil Plort is my business partner in Deacon Housing, president of Madison's Blimling & Associates, a dairy commodities consulting firm, a division of Dairy.com, and host of the brand new podcast, The Dairy Download. Keeping an eye on the faraway and diverse markets is what he does. Seeing how it might affect real estate here in Madison is what he does for fun. Here he is with a look beyond the 608. Hey, Ben, it's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. Are we in or heading into a recession? It seems likely. Technically, a recession involves two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, and we saw the U.S. economy contract by 1.6% in Q2. So we're halfway there. But beyond official definitions or proclamations, things are definitely tense. Inflation is out of control, with the consumer price index up 9.1% year-over-year in June, the hottest reading since November 1981. We're spending a lot more on gasoline and groceries, among other things. The S&P 500 is down 20% year-to-date, wiping out $8 trillion in wealth. Consumer confidence is languishing. But it's not all dark clouds. Labor markets are still tight, for example. In May, U.S. Department of Labor data still showed 11.3 million job openings compared to 6 million unemployed people. There's pent-up demand for big-ticket items like cars and trucks that haven't been available due to various supply chain issues. Finally, and importantly, personal balance sheets are in okay shape. People still have some money in the bank. They are not overextended on credit. They're still spending. I see two big watchouts. First, a lot of analysts believe that people are going to start hunkering down once school starts in the fall. They plan to have fun this summer, a COVID jailbreak of sorts. But once that's over, they're going to buckle down. 
Second, interest rates are going to keep going higher to fight inflation. In the early 1980s, Paul Volcker's Fed took rates to nearly 19%. It was necessary at the time, but it wasn't fun. That's all for now. Until the next time, this is Phil with a view from Beyond the 608. Oh, you ain't going nowhere. You belong right here. You like eating bratwurst. You like cheese and beer. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine. For your ears at the table, Ben Anton and myself, Adam Elliott, on the phone, Chris Mickelson with Madison's Best Home Inspection. Chris, uh, thank you one more time for being in here today. It's uh, it's always uh, educational, you. and we appreciate you being with us. Thank yes. you, and I'm honored to be the first uh, two-time guest That's on right. your podcast. First, second guest. <laughs> so for, for the purpose of this segment, I'm going to call you Senor, Chris. <laughs> Uh, because you, as, the, as we as during the introduction, we said that you've just returned from Costa Rica, and like a total dad, oh, like, right. like a total dad, I was getting I was getting Facebook messages from Chris <laughs> in Costa Rica, <laughs> and he's sending me pictures of like home inspection different stuff. code in different countries <laughs> oh yeah right so this is great so yeah. i'm looking at like these exposed wires around oh, an electrical no. meter and oh, like no. this crazy service mast on a house but then he sends me a shower head with wires oh no chris what what is this what, what did well, you see well apparently this is a common thing um in other countries which i had never seen before um, so the second night in Costa Rica, we come to this new hotel. Um, it's very rural. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and the owner is telling us all, um, you know, welcome to the hotel, this and that. And he says, um, and don't touch the shower heads. He says, there's wires coming out of it. It's natural. Don't touch it. So we're, so we're all curious. <laughs> How is it natural? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's natural. It's uh, it's uh, basically an on-demand electric um, shower head that the water gets heated at the shower head. Um, and an interesting fact: after I was doing some knowledge or some some research about it, they're nicknamed uh, suicide showers. Oh no! <laughs> because Jeez. you're not supposed to touch them when the water is running because. Obviously, you can tell what happens, but well, so not only did it look a little janky, but like there were just like exposed wire nuts. Like, Mm -hmm. like I would imagine that there was there's like a certain level of on demand at the point of use water heater that's electric that that might be safe. Oh my god! But this one literally had had like the pigtail wires (laughs) sticking up just a little bit from the head, and then. And then just at little... least they were above the shower head. They were <laughs> no. below the shower head where they could collect water. Was oh. there at least like did you have still have control over like pressure and hot and cold in different spaces, or was the expectation that you would touch the shower head for it to activate? No, you you use the uh, the wall mounted valve okay. like a normal shower, and it was pretty reliable. Did, um, did how did how did the water heater know to turn on? Like, did you have to throw? Does it come on with the light switch in the room? No, it, I believe it. Just when the the shower head sensed the water, that's how it would heat. Oh my god! Like so, when, once cold water starts come flowing through, it turns itself on. I believe so. Were there at least instructions not to carry the toaster into the shower with you as well? Well, another <laughs> another little thing, as Ben was saying about me taking pictures, my family was taking pictures of sloths and birds and flowers, and I'm peeking under sinks 
because there's no water traps anywhere. <laughs> water traps were hard to find. I did not see a GFCI outlet in the oh. entire time I was in Costa Rica. So I think just maybe there's fewer lawyers in Costa Rica or people are just smarter <laughs> about certain things than others. Um, but yeah, that Maybe was my little hobby. They could be there. smarter about it because there's been like a selection. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> you were a true professional. You didn't turn it off. You kept going and just like looking for those home inspection it components. Was totally, <laughs> when he sent that first message, I was totally thinking about all those commercials with the embarrassed daughters about their dad. Who says like, who's, who's look? Do you also look out the plane and talk about city planning and street arteries <laughs> and things as you land? <laughs> No, I, I avoided that conversation. I actually shared some of Chris's. If you're on the Instagram and you want to see a couple of pics of, of how it is elsewhere, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. you can scroll back a couple of posts and find a picture of that uh, on-demand, <laughs> on at-the-source water heater. Uh, I, I did try to spare you taking pictures of everything and send you pictures of everything. <laughs> you need a little break, too. All right. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Chris can be can be found uh, at madisonsbesthomeinspections.com. Um, or, and he can be reached by email. I will post a link on the brand new searchable website where now if you search Chris Mickelson or home inspections, you'll see two episodes pop Not up. Not one, but two. Not one, but Double two. Double your value. <laughs> that, ser that searchable thing is really awesome. Yeah. Somebody asked, that's like, if you want to get, like, I mentioned a lot of former guests today. If you're new to us, check out the website. Put in your favorite topic and see what comes up. And, mm -hmm. and if nothing comes up, shoot me an email. Say, I want to learn more about this. That's right. We'll talk about this it. Has been, it's been like a family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Chris, and you have a good evening. Thanks, thank you, Chris. Adam. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Chris. listening to real estate in the 608 madison's real estate magazine for your ears my name is adam ben is here with me ben what was that that was a good time with chris i have grown <laughs> to love him he is super fun good guy. and yeah. uh and 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 smart knows and just, his stuff about just, home when he inspection. gets when it when he gets his nose down just i can say like here's here's something that's been daunting me for months and then he's just like plug 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 and get it's done that's how you do it all right it's good to know somebody who knows how to solve those things. Yeah, and the, and the fact that he that you know the inspection part, so he, he's familiar with what it's supposed to look like, but then he also knows how to get it there. But that also makes it easy for him to identify things that weren't done quite right. That's right. Like, and but, and he's amateur photographer of other countries. Yeah, <laughs> questionable. Check. It was just a, it was just a single little collage post, <laughs> but I put up three of the pics that he sent me, and it was it's just hilarious. Like oh, here he is with his family in a foreign country. It's beautiful weather. And he's sending me pictures of of, uh, of the faucet and it's, such. He's a, he's, a, he's a man dedicated to his craft. What can we say? Uh, people can find out more about real estate in the 608 via the newsletter. It's a 22nd, 22nd read, a podcast for your eyes. Arrives on the 22nd, written in easy-to-digest segments, taking no longer than 20 seconds to read. And I, I feel like the last couple have been real good. Just some, like just a couple takeaways. Just a here you go. This is what's going on. Market update. Mm -hmm. Here's a tip. And here's a little plug for the podcast. Or if you missed it, here you go. 
good little nuggets of information. We should thank once again Chris Mickelson with Madison's Best Home Inspection, of which we'll have links to uh, via the website. Um, Chris is always entertaining and knowledgeful. Yes, he is. And then we'll say thank you to the uh, to the musicians that we the, that we play between us. That's right. Renclaw, El Donk, the Oak Street Ramblers. Bob Westfall, Seesaw, Mad City Jug Band. And one thanks going out to you for sticking with us uh, throughout the whole podcast. We appreciate you being here, and uh, we just want to say uh, how much we value that. Yeah, you want, and like I said, if you're new or you want a little refresher, check out that new website. Search for a topic. If you, if you find it, listen, and if you don't, let me know. Let us know. There's a way to contact us there, too. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough Real Estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608 or visit inthe608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, we don't know. We appreciate your listening, as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via email to ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. Come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game? You're always playing at your favorite arcade. And we could be taking the And we could be Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather be. And we could be. So I'm singing you this waiting